Welcome to Talking In Stations. It's Manoral on May 12th. And today was a big day for announcements. CCP making some changes to nullification. We'll explain what that is in a little while. This one's called The Great Escape, and it's part of the Quadrant Foundation, which we're now well started. To help me ex explain some of this stuff and to go over it, uh, I brought a friend in with me. How's it going, Spot? Well enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yourself? Good. I'm going to shrink you here as soon as I can. Can't, can't grab you from the bottom. There. Yeah, that's. Oh, what have you done? Yeah, phrasing, right? I, I can't grab you from the bottom corner. So I'll put you up here. Okay. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go over some of these uh, changes that are going on and uh, try to put them into context for you. And I think it makes sense, but let's start with a framework first. And that is, what is CCP up to with the changes that it's making to the game? And if you look at everything that's happened historically, there's a couple of themes that, that are running through. And one is CCP is has progressed technologically to the point where they can touch some things that were always third rails for them. Uh, like blackout, for instance, what happens if we shut off all of local, you know? Um, and there's just a huge number of different things bumping the, you know, the one minute timer or the three minute timer so that you don't get indefinitely bumped when you're being held up at a gate in order to be ganked. That's another thing that was just uh, time honored, but there's more stuff like that, that CCP is looking at. So one is one theme. They're touching things that were uh, controversial in the past. Two is they're rewarding active gameplay. I think we've seen a lot of the changes like the ESS changes, uh, and the, um, dynamic bounty system and a slew of changes that reward you for being at the keys when you play. And uh, I think if you just look at what was rewarded four or five years ago, three years ago, it was uh, not intentionally, but mining and empire building and passive income generation and uh, just scale and numbers and uh, farming, basically, waiting for things to happen while you, once you triggered it, while you waited. And you've seen a lot of design go into NPCs and to create a living world with the idea that um, the AI, the artificial intelligence, could take over some of the labor of players that um, don't always undock, uh, took some of that territory. So the NPCs look and act like real players, and, and they're more vulnerable to real uh, E-War, for instance, uh, now, just like real players are. They weren't like that before. You couldn't really E-War them. So... If you look at that development style, there's been Poshvan and um, I think a lot of uh, missions and just some of the nerfs and buffs they've been handing out tend to reward active gameplay. And so here we are with those two themes. One is let's take controversial and long held uh, areas that we couldn't touch because now we can technologically touch them. And let's reward active gameplay as opposed to passive gameplay to give people an opportunity to get out there and do stuff. And put those two things together, and what you have is the Great Escape. So, after all that, what's in this Great Escape? Uh, let's go through it. 
All right, you look like a boxer ready to fight there, Spawn. Do you know uh, what the big takeaway is from here? I can read it if you want. Big takeaway. There's a, there's a couple of things, but basically they're completely changing how nullification and the ever-hated warp core stabilizers work. Like, just completely changing them. They're now... Oh, wait, wait. Well, what are they're they? now active modules, Sven. What? Yeah, exactly. What are those things? What purpose do they serve? Uh, what is nullification? Well, nullification... Has always served a bit of a um, loved by many but hated by many others, uh, or just as many, purpose in that it stops you from getting caught in uh, interdiction bubbles, which are those spooky bubbly things you see out in nullsec and wormholes uh, dropped by. Um, there's a certain classes of ships that can drop them, or they can be anchored as like uh, sort of temporary structures of sorts, or even some some ships actually um, emit one. But they're they're um, a very easy way to uh, catch people and treat them unpleasantly, shall we say. Yeah. Well, uh, nullification actually was not always in the game. It, it, I think it first appeared in around 2009 with, uh, with T3s, uh, T3 cruisers when they came in. And uh, so funny, we lost your head. There you are. We're on the elevator. Um, so they first appeared, I think, with a, a certain kind of choice that you had when you're outfitting a Tech 3 cruiser. And at the time, the Tech 3 cruiser was uh, really ambitious. There was every Empire, so there's four of those, had their combination of powers that you could put together in your own way. So you had three defensive, three uh, navigation, or propulsion you had three defensive and i think there were other things uh engineering and that sort of stuff and you had just had choices and it was almost like a legos you could put together your own galente uh t3 cruiser and they only did that weirdly enough that was what? i was just going to comment how that was supposed to be one of my favorite things to do was um back when there was so many choices for t3 cruisers was just because they all look different just like sit there playing with the ship preview just trying to make the coolest ship not necessarily the one. one just one that looks cool <laughs> yeah that was actually the downfall of that that type of game design was that they had to draw all the permeations together so if you put you know uh engineering module a with uh offensive module b they had to draw that and then they had to draw every variation of those combinations coming together. So, so the art team was just overwhelmed with the amount of different looking ships they would have to do, even though it was all one T3 cruiser. It just had, what, 24 different ways of looking, depending on what modules you chose. So too much work. So anyway, they started moving away from that design, and T3s are the only ones that are designed that way. So T3s had one choice that you could make. I think Kaldari uh, Tengu had it, and that was that you could have nullification and, and not be stopped by uh, interdiction bubbles. And uh, you were also... Um, I think you're immune to... No, it's just bubbles, right? That's the only thing it works on? Yeah, it's just bubbles. It doesn't okay. really change anything else. Yeah, I thought that it... Uh, uh, I, I'm thinking about it in the reverse with micro warp drives, but just interdicting spheres. Now that's a very big deal because in um, null sec space where you can actually put these bubbles up, I don't think you can put them up anywhere else uh, except 
Did you put him up in Parchment? Wormholes. Um, do you know what? I don't know for Parchment, but I know you definitely bubbles function in Wormholes. Okay. I Okay. So wormholes that act like uh, nullsec and uh, or outlaw space and Washvin, I forget if you can. I don't know if you can. Um, in any case, nullsec is where you ran into those things all the time. And yes, you can in Poshvin. Thank you very much. Um, so Empire Space is basically the only place you can't use bubbles, and that is uh, M low sec and high sec. But in nullsec, that's where you ran into it a lot. So in 2008, 2009, if you were flying around in AAA space and catch, uh, you would run into a gate camp and you would you'd, uh, go through a gate and you'd wake up on the other side in a big bubble and you would get targeted and blown up. And so there were ways of getting around this. If you were a good stealth bomber pilot, um, there were little tricks you could use to hit your microwarp drive and try to escape the bubbles uh, field and uh, then cloak and get out in time uh, but there were ways of doing it you just had to be kind of skilled at doing it well then came you have, you have something to say it wasn't that loads of little tricks well you can still still count even to this day where you would you'd, you'd go you'd go to the left as you're cloaking and then as soon as your cloak's fully kicked in you'd go to the right because you know that they'd be zooming in to intercept you you just had to sort of fake them out that, was... yeah, that never worked for me but yeah <laughs> It never worked for me either. Yeah, I still tried. Yeah, I don't even think I ever uh, did a good job escaping, but uh, you would hit your micro warp drive and immediately hit your cloak. So your micro warp drive would be turned on and then it would be shut off as soon as you hit your cloak because you can't have them both on at the same time. So you would appear for a second and then you would uh, disappear, but your your propulsion had ramped up so fast in that split second that it would cruise you out of the bubble because they weren't that big. Well, it, not quite. The micro warp drive actually remains on for, one for the period of your cloak. You're right. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't start again. So you, you still get that full speed boost. Right. Just right. only for 10 seconds or so. Yeah. And if you were fast enough, people would say, you know, oh, he appeared and now he's gone. I don't know which direction he was flying. So they would try to find you, but they couldn't. And that's why changing direction might actually help. Uh, but uh, most of the time in Nullsec, you had really good Sabre pilots that would put that bubble up. They'd, they'd lock you and they'd see you. As soon as you were moving, they'd know what your trajectory was and they would race to get in front of you and decloak you and then catch you and kill you. So it was always a cat and mouse type gameplay that was going on there with the gate camps and that sort of thing. Okay, so that's how it used to be. And then CCP decided they wanted a little more action in the game. So they uh, made all interceptors, all of them, uh, nullified to those bubbles. In other words, they were not stopped at those bubbles at all, so they could just get through. And that changed the game. Oh, were, they, were they not nullified since day one of their introduction? I didn't know that. No, they were not. Somebody said they were too, and I was thinking, no... That's not my memory. That or I'm just I've just gone crazy, but they were not. I'm pretty sure the interceptors were not nullified. I'm sure chat will correct. Yeah, you guys <laughs> correct us. That would be a big deal if I was wrong about that. So I'm pretty sure they were not nullified. And so when the interceptors became nullified, I think what the developers were trying to do is to say these interceptors are meant to very quickly intercept a target and tackle it. And that means render it uh, immobile, essentially. And uh, that would allow other players to catch up and to destroy the ship. And so they were your your catchers. Uh, 
So I think the idea was let the interceptors get past the defenses because before interceptors were nullified, you had systems. Actually, I remember BTAC-R and a few other systems in OASA that were just bubbled all to hell. And that was part of the defense. You would have a dead-end system. It would be sino-jammed. And you'd have a ton of bubbles at the gate. So any any ship that came into the system would be detected. And by the time it got out of the bubbles and warped to one of the asteroid belts you were at or anomalies or whatever, you would have had time to react. And that's how that defense worked. So when interceptors could blow right past the uh, bubbles, then there was no reason to put them up, really, because that's what was coming at you usually. So what happened was that players, of course, said, oh, this is great. So we'll make an entire 255-person fleet or 250 fleet of interceptors, and we'll call that piranhas, and they'll just eat you alive. And uh, Imperium had their version, and different people had their versions. The piranhas, I think, were NCPL. That's what Sword Fleet as well was, not yeah, it? Yeah, is... exactly. Still is, right. So for a long time, these things were really popular for um, SOV uh, grinding, not grinding, but SOV defense and that sort of thing. In fact, I think that was one of the criticisms were that the uh, the original introduction of uh, Aegis SOV uh, allowed interceptors to be useful when you were trying to, um, what do they call it, entosis for sovereignty which meant these things could go anywhere without being impeded by bubbles and participate in SOV warfare. And the idea was to get a lot of people having a lot of action in different places. Uh, but that ended up, again, being... Uh, uh, players had other plans. So CCP made some modifications later and said, okay, the interceptor is too strong, so we're going to change it to just, I believe, combat uh, interceptors, right? Because there's two kinds of interceptors. And I think it was. Yeah, I don't know what you call the other one, but I know they definitely took it off the combat guys. Yeah. So the combat ones were a little tankier, and they're meant for fighting. And then the other guys—I don't know what they're called either. Somebody help me out there. Were called uh, were uh, meant to be able to penetrate uh, enemy lines and to catch people and that sort of stuff. And so they were modifying this, right? They were trying to modify it because the interceptors were just too. That part of the game was a little too broken. And so now they've decided to modify it again and this time, and this was suggested for a long time, so it's actually not a big surprise, was instead of making these interceptors innately able to pass through bubbles, make that a choice by making it a module. And so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, uh, Rubicon, that sounds right. Uh, Rubicon, the crossing of the Rubicon was when uh, the theme of Rubicon expansion for EVE Online was that players were taking more and more uh, power away from the empires. And that's when the interceptors, I, I think, were nullified or had nullification. So, okay, so um, they made it a module. Let's talk about those modules. First of all, the interceptor is no longer innately nullified so it will get caught in a bubble but uh, the nullification module can be put on not only the interceptor or the space yacht which had nullification too that no longer does in fact no ships have nullification right now except one type and that is 
The mighty shuttle. The mighty shuttle, right. And I believe every variation of shuttle, because there are some special shuttles, but anything called a shuttle is now nullified. So let's talk about that first. The If you wanted to go sightseeing and not get caught in a gate camp and uh, get blown up or slowed down by a gate camp, you could still do that if you wanted to go sightseeing in a shuttle. If you wanted to get a pilot to a different system as quickly as possible without uh, getting caught in a bubble and slowed down, you could still do that in a shuttle. Um, look out for smart bombing battleships at gates, though, because a shuttle cannot be defended, cannot be tanked, so it will blow up as soon as it runs into a, a, a giant uh, ball of fire produced by battleships with, dread, with uh, smart bombs. So the shuttle still has nullification, not still, it's getting nullification. That is new. But every other ship, everything from the T3 that started it to the uh, luxury yachts, which were a specialty item that had nullification to, um, of course, the interceptors, those all lose innate nullification. Okay, it's funny. Uh, Ashtarathi says, Leopard getting nullification is a big deal. We'll stop there for a comment by you, Spot. What do you want to say to that? Yeah, the, the Leopard one's weird. The market for it is a bit of a joke right now. You know, people are speculating on that being the ultimate super-duper um, null transport. But there's the still ever-present problem that if you've ever flown a Leopard, you'll know. It's the moment you go through any gate anywhere in high sec and there's a Thrasher on the other side, you can say goodbye to your Leopard. They're because one of they're... the most ganked ships around because they're so expensive and so squishy. Right. And it doesn't take uh, a whole bunch of taluses to kill them. It just needs a uh, super inexpensive thrasher. Yeah, so those probably aren't meant for market systems or any hunt, highly hunted system in high sec. The reason I but brought yeah, it otherwise up Otherwise, they, they will work. Yeah, the what's this, what's so special so. about that shuttle? So the so I actually don't know the story. Um, I need to, I've always meant to look it up and never got around to it. Uh, the story of where the leopard originally came from. Um, but the real magic of the leopard is it's got the I believe it's the highest base warp speed of any ship in the game at 10 AU a second, which is absolutely ridiculously quick. Right, maybe that's its maximum. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. It's 20 apparently, um, which is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so fast that even if you were to take um, a traditionally very quick warping ship like an interceptor, um, and put a half decent uh, fit that's designed to make it go faster on it, you're still struggling to even get close. It's it's insanely quick. Yeah. So if you guys are asking here, affect the nullification subsystem of the T3Cs? The answer is yes. If that's a question, there is nothing nullified anymore except the shuttle. But you have now, so that's that's the shuttle that we've dealt with. We have ships that you can put this module on. The module can't go on any ship, so you can't nullify any ship. But you can nullify a lot of the ships that had it before, and they even get bonuses, and more. So let's go through that. So interceptors. Go ahead and read that. I was going to say, there's a bit of a confusion as well, because um, beyond this list that we've got up on the screen that we'll go through in a second, there are extra ships appearing on the test server, and it's, it's a big confusion whether that's intentional or it's, um, you know, did they intentionally miss them off the list here, or are they not actually supposed to have that ability? Right. Okay, so let's assume the test center is not official. 
and that this list here is so interceptors and it doesn't make a distinction so combat interceptors can use this uh, nullification module so that's actually a bonus for people who had uh, tyrannuses and you remember how how the Ares became more expensive than the Tyrannus on the Galente side of Interceptordom? That was a big deal. Uh, so your Tyrannus uh, can use this module. So Blockade Runners, uh, which... Now, Blockade Runners, they're the cloaky haulers that are T2. And nobody can scan them down as far as uh, their contents of their ship. So that's their special power. But now they can use also a nullification, which makes them pretty powerful and they go that goes along with their big brother the deep space transport which always happens. i don't remember who said it yeah there was a, there's an interesting um comment of how blockade runner always kind of struggled to live up to its name because um what is a bunch of bubbles on a gate if not a blockade and it wasn't really capable of getting through it now it can that's a very good point it's not like ships like align them uh, allow um what is it? Align themselves in front of you to, to block your way, right? That's not how it works in this game. So, yeah. So the blockades were the bubbles, and now you can get through them. That's a good point. And they're big brothers that actually had some kind of... Um, they had some resistance to being tackled. These were the deep space transport. And that always was puzzling to me, why deep space transports would have that kind of a power. They had bigger cargo, and they couldn't get tackled as easily, but they were slower. So they, if they were in high sec anyway, they'd get bumped anyway, and so it didn't matter if you had some uh, tackling immunity. You got you got bumped, and then all that went to trash anyway. So there you go. And luxury yachts, which were nullified, so they lose their power, but they are uh, able to use this module. And look here, strategic cruisers, all of them. So it's no longer a Kaldari racial decision. It is all empires. So T3s and use these modules. Wait, are you saying that only Kaldari could be nullified? Because I thought they... I don't know whether they they later introduced this, but they all can, as far as I know. I mean, I've got... Oh, well, there was an update. Yeah. Loki that sneaks around. There was an update. They may have changed that. You're right. But originally, I think it was just one race. And uh, so strategic cruisers, which is pretty cool gives them a little more power because they've been having things taken away from them. Their roles have been displaced by other uh, A-hacks and other things. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens with strategic cruisers. Those are T3s. And then you have uh, stealth bombers, which is new. So a stealth bomber being able to get through bubbles without a problem, you no longer have to do that trick of turning on your micro-warp drive, turning on your cloak right afterwards, waiting for that cycle to go, and hoping that you make it out of the bubble before you're decloaked by a heads-up saber pilot. Like, all that goes away if you have this module. You can just gun it right through. It also makes stealth bombers actually a really good personal transport because it's going to be... Um alongside covert ops frigates which are the tech 2 exploration ships um they're now really good for getting around because they're not only are they cloaky they're now also um nullified which the only thing previously that could do that was the luxury yacht as far as i'm aware uh, and the blockade runner of course yeah and so this is interesting and i left this i left this for last because it's the biggest group here and that is the tech 1 frigates and their faction variants so uh, we're talking uh, Tech 1 frigates are 
uh, all the empires. And I imagine they didn't say navy here, but navy is considered faction, I believe. Yeah, traditionally. Right. So your navy variants for the empires and then the pirate variants as well. So uh, what's interesting is like a Dramil, uh, it's a vicious little critter, uh, an angel frigate, you know, can, can use this module as well. So that'll, that'll put some life in. It does feel a bit odd. Like, why why did they choose to go for for, for that? Because that's that's all T one frigates. You know, that's the Heron, that's the Condor, that's the um, all the Explorer frigates. All of them. Yeah. Every single one. Tristan, whatever your your favorite little um, frigate. Tristan. Yeah. They can all do it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Astero, of course, which is an Explorer ship, will be uh, nullified and. It's a really interesting choice because it used to be the combat, not the combat interceptor, but the interceptor was a combat ship. You didn't explore in it. It wasn't really built for that. It's built to to uh, get through enemy lines and to tackle people, intercept them, and then grab them while your friends come, and then you destroy the target. Uh, but now they've really given that power of uh, nullification and getting behind enemy lines or escaping to all frigates, which is pretty exciting. So the Explorer frigates now... Uh, have a little more leeway in in their decisions to uh, to gear up for getting through spicy places like wormholes, Poshvan, and Nelsec. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, a good point here by uh, Ash again. Shuttles getting nullification means that alphas get it too, and that just seems totally yeah. fine, doesn't it? So, will that be the only way alphas can access nullification of any sort? Because I've not checked, but I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume the nullification module is is Omega only. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we don't know if the module is or not. Uh, I wonder if that's on the test center. Would it say? No. It would be. I can have a look if you like. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting question because uh, you know alphas are participants in the game. They're supposed to be a meaningful participants. They're not. They're restricted in how fast they improve, and they're restricted in some of the higher-level gameplay they can participate in, but they're supposed to still have a very meaningful experience in the game. And so including them in using shuttles and being nullified allows them to get to where they're going uh, without getting destroyed in most circumstances. Of course, gate camps with smart bombs will destroy you, but other than that... So you can get out, if you get invited to... Uh, you get invited to a party in Nullsec, you can actually fly out there and uh, you will probably make it there unless it's a popular party and everybody's coming. You know those raves? Well, you have to remember the, the, the... 90s, you had to keep going to different places and they'd give you a card to say where the next place was. You had to go like seven places before you made it to the dang rave. <laughs> Maybe well, that I was, was only about eight years old in the 90s, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid. They probably weren't raving very hard. Well, yeah, I think they did that because... People in LA would get an invite to a party and it would be like just a couple of miles away. Next thing you know, seven jumps later, you're in the desert. And so if they said, hey, this big party in the desert, nobody would go. But uh, this way they actually made it kind of fun and you made it all the way out there. But anyway, back to shuttles. Alphas can make it out to wherever they're going if they need to. Well, so we haven't quite gotten into it yet. But I suppose it's, it's worth mentioning that there's a, there is a huge difference between how this module version works and how the shuttle version works. So um, main, you might actually be far better off taking your shuttle to your rave than your newly nullified um, 
Rifter. All right, let's talk about that. Well, how do these modules work? So the, the big difference between um, how it used to work, which was essentially always immune to bubbles at all times, no matter what, you just, that's, that was what it was. Now you have to fit a specific module, and I believe the, the basic tech one version, you activate it and you are nullified for 10 seconds and only 10 seconds. Once those 10 seconds are up, you're stuck again, um, which is usually enough to get you out of uh, out of any immediate trouble. Yeah. But the big caveat here is it's two and a half minutes before you can do it again. So if you can sneak through the first gate and you get to the second gate and there's a bubble again, you might be screwed. Yeah. I think the idea is you can travel with these modules, but you can't travel too fast. So you can't rip right through an area without having some risk involved. Um, but the idea is if you wanted to be super safe, like you were carrying a blueprint or something, uh, you would go through a gate, you'd trigger it in case there was a bubble there. If you saw a bubble, I suppose, and then you would get out of it. It's like a get out of jail free card, but you can't use it again for 75 seconds. I think even if you're in the fastest uh, ships, cause there's some bonuses here that adjust your time, but so you wouldn't go to the next gate because there might be a bubble there. So you would go to some celestial or safe uh, bookmark that you made earlier and you would hang out for a bit and then you would go to the next gate and you would rinse and repeat, always using it on the other side of the gate. Some people might use it coming into a gate where there already is a bubble, uh, but then you won't be able to use it on the other side because you only have 60 seconds of cloak once you go through a gate. And uh, again, the minimum here is 75 seconds. So, as we can see here, the, the, the mostly the ships that previously had nullification do get an advantage to this module in that the, the two and a half minutes is actually cut down to one and a quarter. Yeah, so that, like that in that case, if you're using your full, your full, your full 60 seconds of grace period on your gate cloak, you actually might still be able to burn through pretty quickly in the, in these ships. Not a hundred percent as it was, but pretty close. Yeah, let's see if I can highlight uh, some stuff here. Uh, okay, so a couple things here: interceptors. All right, that almost worked. I should turn this right. Yeah, oh, yachts. Uh, I'm probably not going to use this here. This is too hard because I have the tablet turned all awkward to fit it. That's what I wanted to point to, and that is what I wanted to. So those are the bonuses for the uh, ships that used to have it innately, right? The luxury yachts and interceptors. Uh, they don't say T3 here. Oh, yeah. No they said they mentioned the propulsion system, system yeah. which is a bit odd because that's going to make that propulsion system kind of a far more questionable choice. Whereas before you needed it if you wanted to notification. Um, but now you can opt out of it because it only gives you this bonus. And if you're not um, in a rush, shall we say, like if you're, if you're flying with a cloak fitted as well, you can just go off and warp to a celestial and cloak up for two minutes until it's all clear and then keep going. I think that uh, people were talking about this points to a revamp for T3s because probably they just lost a module. Maybe. We can hope. Yeah. All right, here is the compact interdict. So compact, you can see some of these things. The keywords for these are always uh, right here. 
compact, uh, restrained. And if I scroll down, you'll see other ones uh, that have the descriptors, descriptions that are common to all objects, pretty much. Uh, and there's new, that's a new module, the nullification uh, two module. So now they have a tech two. Well, the, the whole range of the interdiction nullifiers is new. Well, why do they call that new if... Uh... I don't know. CCP likes to put numbers and words on things. Yeah, well, I, I guess the... Uh, yeah. Okay, so that brings us to warp core stabilizer. So that's a nullification part of it. Now, there's a second part of that, and that is warp core stabilizers. What were those? What was the purpose and common use of those? So this requires some basic maths in that um, what they used to do was add one point to what is known as your warp core strength per each. They had some downsides, like they made it harder for you to lock onto targets. Um, but their main function was this extra point to warp core stability. Um, the intention there being when somebody tackles you, um, they take away some of your warp core stability points. The idea that being that once you get below zero, you can't warp anymore. So it was essentially a, a preemptive resistance against somebody trying to tackle you. You were still tackleable, but people had to, you know, put more um, disruptor modules on than 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 uh, they might expect if you were carrying a rack of warp core stabilizers in the past. Yeah. So, for, and I took this took me a while to figure out, but let's talk about how people tackle you and points and all those sorts of things. Let's just describe the very basics for some people who are new to this whole tackling game. I'll start just with this example in a game, like in other games. <laughs> Let me set myself up with a question that I can answer. Uh, in other games, you would target a ship and instead of just shooting them and damaging them, you would say, I want to target a system and bring that down. So I'll target their shields or I'll target their armor. And, or I'll target their propulsion. I'm talking about like a long time ago. So you would target their propulsion and you would knock out their propulsion and then you could become a pirate and say, I'm going to board your ship, uh, you know, and take your cargo. In EVE, you can't do that. If you shoot your guns, you're damaging their shield, then their armor, then their hull in that order every single time. Um, so in order for you to disable a ship, there's... Uh, I don't know what I don't know what you would call it. We call it a point system, I guess. It's warp yeah. They strength. call it warp core strength. So take it from there. So the way the warp core strength works, it actually starts from zero. So at your basic ship, apart from a few certain ships that have a sort of intrinsic buff to it, uh, such as the blockade runner, not the blockade runner, sorry, deep space transport that we mentioned earlier, and the venture, I think, and a few others. Um, you start off with zero points, and as long as you have zero or more points of warp strength, you can warp. Having more than zero doesn't really give you any uh, benefit. You know, you can have a million points to warp strength, and it's still exactly the same as normal. Um, the way, the value of the uh, these these modules was that they would add per each one extra point to your warp strength, and I say. Why would you want that? Because when the bad guy comes along and wants you just to stop you getting away, he will pop on his warp disruptor, which will give you, um, which will take away one of your points. So in the case where you haven't got any modules and you've got zero points, you're now at negative one. Now you can't move. 
But if you bring in a warp core stabilizer, you had one bonus point. He's taken away your bonus point. You're now down to zero. You should still be okay. You still get away. Um, there's a few other variations like the warp scrambler, um, as well as turning off your micro warp drive. It also uh, takes away two points. Um, so if you're all coming up against somebody that's got a scrambler, you'll want to have um, at least two score stabilizers to really get away. It looks like the... a card game. Yeah, kind of. It's just a, uh, it's just a basic little um, numbers ge- numbers numbers game. They take away your magic points, and the more points you have, the more likely you are to keep going. Well, not likely. I, I shouldn't say that because that makes it sound like there's a chance or anything like that in it. It's just pure basic. One plus one is two maths. There you are. Keep burying you behind uh, my game. Yeah. So the idea uh, here is Ty goes to the. Defender. Uh, if I have yeah, a tie is, is in your favor. Yeah. If I have one of these modules, I have one point. And if he scrams me uh, or disrupts me, he has one point and it's a tie. And so then I get away. And if I have two points, I get away. If I have three points, I get away. Uh, if, if I have no defenses and I, my ship isn't um, favored in any way to avoid warp core destabilizing i guess and somebody hits me with a disruptor and they get one and i have zero then i'm stuck and i'm tackled and so then for people on the offensive part of this who want to hunt and pray and uh, hunt the prey and uh and catch people they have a choice to make they can do a long range disruptor which gives them a long range but they only get one point of strength on that or they can use a scrambler, which is two points, but much shorter range. So if they're up closer to their target, they get a bigger bite out of that engine. Uh, so if I'm going around with one of these warp core stabilizers, and I have one point and somebody, uh, and I enter a gate, come out of the gate and somebody right next to me has a scrambler. He has two points. If he hits me in time, his two points overcome my one point and I'm trapped and dead. So that's how all that works. So when somebody says in a fleet, I got a point on him, or they say spread points, when they say points, what they're talking about is everybody spread out and lock as many people as you can and scramble them or disrupt them so they cannot escape. That means they're running away, spread points, let's capture all the guys that we can just to finish them off. So you'll hear that sometimes in fleets, spread points. Or I got a point on him, or this guy's pointed. That's an alert that I got this guy trapped, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what's going on with these things? Why are these things changing? Well, so they they're actually going to work in much the same way now that they've changed. Um, in that this the math is essentially the same, um, but the these extra points are only active while the module itself is active, um, and the module only runs for about twenty seconds. So, you want to really actually we want to judge when you actually want to fire this thing off. If um, if you if you pop it at the wrong time, you've you've uh, you've you've missed your shot because as as you can see, it takes takes an, as similarly to the um, interdiction module, it's quite quite a long in this case two minutes cooldown. So so you really need to make your choice of when to do it. And then the other side of the change is um, the original ones were simply worth one point of core strength, regardless of which variant it was. 
uh, now the different variations have different strengths. So I think the standard one has one, one point. The uh, meta ones, so the sort of um, restrained or compact, I can't remember the names they use for the warp, warp stabilizers, but there's a, there's a few various ones. I believe some of those have two points, and then the Tech 2 version has, has uh, the highest at three points. The caveat here being you actually can only use one at a time, whereas in the past you could fit as many as your fit ship would take. So that's actually a bit of a, a bit more of a significant change than people might realize in that it used to be if you had a ship that had a load of low slots, you could fill it up and potentially have eight um, points of core strength, which would be a real pain in the backside to pin down uh, without using uh, something like a heavy interdictor or something like that. Whereas now you can't get more than three. Right. That's that's both good and bad, but mostly good because it means you don't have to waste three slots to get those one, two, three modules in there to give you the one, two, three point strength that you need to survive. For instance, when I would go around in my hauler, uh, haulers generally have a ton of low slots, right? Because they need the cargo space. So they give you like five or six different uh, slots and normally people put either some navigational stuff to get them where they're going faster or they'll put in expanded cargo bays usually um, but if you're going in dangerous areas you want some defense of, of getting tackled so you would put in one maybe two um, of these warp core stabilizers well i would always put three because i was being overly cautious uh, and now i only have to put in one and that gives me the same result. And putting three in wasn't necessarily that bad an idea, as people have mentioned, because uh, one of the variants of disruptors, the sort of faction variants, um, actually had a, had three points of whatever of core stability reduction, would you call it, on them. So with yeah. one of those, you could you could burn straight through somebody that had uh, two points. Yeah. So, and, and the reason I would use a hauler in dangerous areas is because if I was doing planetary interaction uh, and picking up materials at different customs offices, I would want to go into low sec and not get caught. Um, and uh, so barring, uh, you know, explosive smart bombing battleships uh, in quieter areas, they, those just don't exist. Those exist in areas that are highly trafficked, right? Because nobody's going to sit there and wait for a long time to try to catch something. They want a place that's heavily trafficked, so that's where they're going to be. Uh, but if you were in backwaters uh, low second somewhere, there really wasn't that threat. But there was a threat of getting tackled by someone with a point or a scram. Uh, but if you're picking up your there's PI... There's always a cloaky Loki on the... On the, on the uh, yeah, there, was always, there would always be somebody hidden cloaked on the, um, on the customs office. Oh, interesting. Well, if you look at local, you would know if you were alone or not, so whatever. Uh, but the idea is that you would have um, not a lot of need for cargo space, but you have uh, a lot of warp core stabilizers to make sure you could just pick up your stuff without any problems. And you would just go through your planets over and over and over again. So that was a, a use case for that sort of thing. But I don't think, uh, are these able to go on any ship? There's no restriction on ships for these, right? Because they weren't. there were no restrictions before. Yeah. Yeah, they're the same as before. There doesn't seem to be any uh, restriction at all on what they can be fit on. The only thing that limits them is um, the standard fitting requirements, you know, CPU and power grid. 
which I believe haven't significantly changed, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Plus that cooldown, right, is pretty tough. That's two minutes that you're vulnerable and you don't have the protection of it. It used to be you had the protection all the time. It never wore off. So if some guy missed you and you got away and 10 seconds later you ran into another guy, you were fine because you always had that protection of, you know, however many warp core stabs you had. But now you have a cooldown. And so, you know, 21 seconds, 30 seconds after you get away from somebody, you better hope you don't run into anybody for two minutes before you can use it again. There's also a real interesting, um, the last bullet point on the changes to the warp core stabilizers, the drone bandwidth reduction. Right. Um, it might not seem obvious what that's for. Oh, right. Yeah, so w one of the things that got whinged about, um, sorry, I should say whinged because it was kind of rightfully, <laughs> rightfully complained about because it's a pain in the ass, is um, things like you say, Vexes, Ishtars and whatnot, um, heavily drone-based ships sitting out in Nullsec and wherever else ratting away with a full rack of warp core stabilizers in, the, in their low slots. So you f sneak up and you catch them and they just say, okay, bye, um, you can't have me. Um, so now they can, they still can do that, but they have to take the, um, they, 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 they have to take the, they have to accept that they're going to lose potentially half of their damage by the fact that they ha they can't use half of their drones anymore. Forcing them to make a trade-off, whereas in the past, just having a bunch of um, warp core stabilizers for a, for a drone-based ship that didn't need to lock targets was largely inconsequential. They lost a little bit of damage, but otherwise, not a big deal. Right. Oops. So hopefully that's a potential cure to that ale. Yeah. Now, there were some... Uh, we had to let you know, uh, a three-hour reaction stream where we just opened the stream, made it public, brought in a couple people, and let other people come in to talk about these changes that had some idea of what some of the scenarios were and do they like this, not like it. And there was a, a robust discussion for about three hours, and you can listen to that at uh, youtube.com slash talkinginstations. One of the things that came up, and Ash mentions it here, is... Uh, wormholes, one of the things you want to do during an eviction is you want to pod your opponent out of the wormhole uh, because if you control the entryways to the wormholes and you take your opponent and throw him out of the wormhole, he can't come back in. And so you wither down their population. And that's one of the main ways that you evict or take over a wormhole space and destroy everything in it. So what uh, came up was a very sophisticated arrangement where if you have people in battleships and they have an Astero that has a lot of these new defenses that are allowed, then the uh, battleship, when it blows up, the pilot is not thrown out in a pod that can be destroyed. He's thrown out in an Astero or a frigate. And that frigate, since it's nullified, uh, is is not bothered. And if it also has the warp core stabilizer, is is not catchable. So it will warp back to its structure and that pilot will survive and stay in the system and be able to reship into another battleship. And they can do this all day long. And so that was one of the uh, points that came up today. Uh, I have heard a counter argument to that, but I'm not able to really formulate it in my head. I suppose I could read it, but 
Instead, what I'll do, because it's very complicated, is just say uh, Cyrus Torbane on Talking in Stations Discord was writing up uh, an opposing view to that and how uh, that isn't really a problem. So you can contact him or her uh, inside of Talking in Stations Discord. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've gone through the announcements that were today. They're really, really important changes because they will shake up the meta tremendously. Uh, as I said before, the um, innately nullified interceptors were the Ares, for instance, for Galente, were part of Sword Fleet, I think, and the Imperium would use them to defend uh, their space. It was interesting that a counter to that was the, the new Edencom ships, as Horde brought a bunch of them. And uh, those things would discharge electricity and it would blow up in a certain area. So seven ships in a certain area would get destroyed. And so uh, I think those were Stormbringers. So that Stormbringer comp from Horde was able to fry like 24, 25 interceptors all at once when they came through a gate, which was impressive. But they were, there's a lot of ways that that can go wrong. So that whole concept, the... Uh, the I don't know, the gamesmanship between the interceptors uh, in Sovereign Warfare and some of the counters are, is completely going to change now. It's going to be a whole different ballgame. So it'll be interesting to see how, in many ways, the, uh, the cat and mouse game changes. All right. I want to remind you that we have... CCP uh, this weekend, we did an interview with them and uh, that went really well. We're going to show you that as a segment on Sunday as part of the uh, normal Talking in Stations show. And I'll just show you a quick, without the volume, because we want to save, we don't want any spoilers, right? We want to save this for you guys, but I'll just show you that we had CCP over. And they talked about this and other changes that are coming. So it won't just be uh, this. There's a lot of interesting stuff. But our theme here with uh, CCP Paradox on the right and CCP Emerald on the left and CCP Swift, who you all know, uh, we all talked about the Quadrant and some of the stuff in the Quadrant, some of the themes, some of the things that are coming. Uh, we talked about players uh, and what they're up to. We also talked about some of the changes that are coming through and the development style and the development path. There was a lot of things that were covered. So this is going to be a very interesting show. You should check it out on Sunday. I'm talking in stations weekend. I do feel like a little tease there, uh, but uh, we have to hold it because there's information there like this that's timely and we want to let CCP make all their announcements. Should we have a quick chat about the um, incoming new gates or do you want to put an end to it here? Yeah, actually, let's talk about those. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we... Well, how much information do we have? Because we only have like five minutes. Do we save it? Well, we, we know what the gates are. Um, Go ahead. Um, hold on. I, I say, said that, but I haven't got it in front of me. Let me I, just I have it. I have it. it. <laughs> Uh, okay, the first one we'll start with uh, Citadel is... Uh, let me actually turn on the game here. One second. I've got the, I've got the list of new gates. Game, I can't speak words. The new gates on 
my telephone in front of me. I got it. I got it. Get, Although, give me a list. So. There's the caveat of um, these gates seem to be tied to an event, and we don't know. So essentially, it seems like there's going to be kind of a, a resource war style event where you've got to um, go to these sites, help mine some special lore, and help shoot the bad guys that are killing the the special miners um, to help build these gates. And I'm going to guess that means there's a chance that if enough people don't help for these particular events for these particular gates, that gate might not become um, come into existence. All right. But, um, Let's see. The first one is in the Citadel. Uh, Citadel to Genesis. So it is from Is ah, Isutaka to Abazon. And that is important. Let's start with that one because Genesis is a Marian space. Obviously, Isutaka in Citadel is Galente space. Yeah, the, the interesting about, thing about this particular one um, is it takes, because uh, since, since the birth of Pochvin, there has been no quick way to get from Amar to, to, to Jita and back and forth. Um, I think even if you go through Losec, it's still the, the high 30s, low 40s of jumps. Um, if this gate comes into existence, we're looking at 12 jumps, um, which is not far off what it used to be before before everything uh, changed with Pochfin. Although there is the... Um, the caveat of one of those jumps will be through a singular low sex system. So I imagine that's going to be a pirate's paradise when that comes out. Yeah. So if you think about it, let's see if we can do this. That is a big savings. If that's 12 uh, jumps, that makes the uh, trade route between those two empires uh, a little more normal than it was. Uh, but yeah, what you're looking at is, is really dangerous i think in either of those systems yeah with it with it being low sec and with all of these new um changes to what cause and inertial stabilizers it's going to be really interesting to see how people actually if people really on mass um try and use this system of course all caveated with uh, if it if it comes into existence at all, and as um, Astrothi's pointing out in the chat, quite rightly, um, it's also going to be one of the closest to Jita um, jump freighter landing points. Right, because that's three jumps away. Yep, exactly. Yeah, if that's what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, by the way, it does. I believe the other end does does also drop you in reasonable distance of uh, Dodixie and Wrens and Heck and whatnot. So it does, uh, if you're willing to take the run through what is essentially going to become probably the the, the nastiest gauntlet in the game, um, <laughs> it really put it puts you in range of all the hubs. Yeah. All right, let's see if I can. Well, we'll just read off the next ones here. Uh, Metropolis will be. Metropolis will be connected to Genesis as well. So that's uh, Uriok uh, in Metropolis will connect to Pakshi. I remember Pakshi. Let's go there. Again in Genesis. I think they're really bringing Genesis back to life, it sounds like. It's interesting that they got two gates. Not sure why. I, because I don't think there was a lot of traffic there. I think they're trying to push traffic there, I think. Although Genesis had a nice little ecosystem, there's a little, it's like a, a village of people that live there. 
uh, but it it's definitely it was a big space, uh, just not well traveled. Oh yeah, Astrothis again pointed out the uh, the unique thing about this particular one. Although while it doesn't seem to um, cut too much off, if at all, the journey times between any of the major hubs or anything um, wild like that, it does uh, is the only new gate that is high sec to high sec, so it will be open to all without trouble ish. Right. And how many, that's that's one jump, right? So you're going to be able to make that in one jump. Yeah, that's the other crazy thing about some of these gates is when you look at the map, the distances they cover are pretty huge. Yeah. Well, it's like a subway, right? It's like a new subway. I expect some action in those systems. All right, let's uh, reset. Remove waypoints and go to the next one is Placid, one of my favorite uh, regions in the game. And that my is, hometown at the moment. Is that your hometown? Yeah, this this new gate is only a few jumps from my uh, headquarters, shall we say? Say, let's just show it on the map at first, and uh, we'll set destination so you could see it. It's too bad we can't really highlight something, so we have to set destination to it from our current location. But this one will be going to interesting solitude into Egorn. And uh, we'll just add that waypoint. Ooh, that's actually very close. But... Yeah, it, it's it's not that far on the map, but it's... Um, important. One of the things... Yeah, one of the things that held solitude back, or... Again, I don't even think that's right to, right to say, because some people are actually kind of upset about this, which we yeah. can get into later. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things that really uh, made solitude what it is made it live up to its name is um the journey to get there is quite treacherous you have to go through quite a few null systems to get through um which when you're uh, hauling in a, an industrial ship is is quite is quite comparatively difficult to uh low sec and high sec so it really cut it off and this new route um grants it a complete the route through uh yeah. low sec you know what though it's within jump range i was going to put a keep star in this area here so that people could jump from that keep star over to here and avoid that. And as I was thinking about it, cause I, I did this all the time. I would, I talked to the locals and the locals were like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, cause it'll just mean hot, hot droppers will live in that keep star and just bomb us. So they didn't want that kind of heat because uh, I had a good mining thing going. They didn't want anything to mess with that. But yeah, this is the normal way. If you're here, civilized space, you really have to go all the way around through very dangerous areas to get to this little island called Solitude. Let's back up a little bit. And uh, that is going to be interesting. It's a new connection point. So, okay, let's go to the last one. Well, is... the, the, the interesting, the note, the fun thing about the Solitude thing is um, a lot of the people that live there are upset because they're, they're losing their... Um, they're inaccessibility. You know, that, that's letting the, uh, the, 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 the dirty regulars come into their secret club. They don't want that. Right. So let's go to this last one, which is in the south here. And we're looking at uh, Salmonir. And this is going to go to, can you guys guess? It's in the south. The, <laughs> the longest running meme of Eve, I think. Yes, it's going to connect to Memeville. Let's see if anybody can guess it. 
Well, it'll be. Uh, it's going to make it a lot easier to see one of the new um, landmarks. <laughs> look, look at what you're bypassing this time. <laughs> Let me just flatten that out. Cut down. Yeah, that's pretty funny. This is stain. So the gate to stain is here. The low sec gate to stain, starting there, ending there. Look at what you bypass, and stain is all this. At long last. Long last. Gate to stain. Now we don't know. This is on test center, so it might be a joke. <laughs> well, a lot of they've put a lot of effort into a lot of the text and um, other componentry all going into this event. So, yeah, of course, I'm never going to say it, it, it might. It, it could couldn't be a joke, but um, it's looking pretty pretty for sure this is real of course yeah as Astrothi again <laughs> points out um, if the uh, good people of Stain are successful in protecting the uh, little orcas building this new gate right we assume that these things aren't automatic like Poshven wasn't automatic players had to make the difference and we assume that's the case here there will be opportunities to build these gates should people want them so I have a feeling that People in solitude are going to be fighting hard not to let that gate get built. Uh, whereas in other places, like maybe the stain gate, people will be working really hard to get that gate built. We assume I'm sure people will come far and wide for that. <laughs> we assume that's how it's going to happen, but we don't know. All right, but uh, let's go back to your pleasant face and wrap up. You got anything else? Um, not immediately. I know CCP Paradox was teasing on Twitter, implying there might be more to um, this incoming patch, but uh, not a clue what it is yet. Yeah, I know, but uh, very little, actually. Oh, so there is more to it. They're good at hiding. Well, it's a quadrant, and we talked about the quadrant, uh, but uh, very little. True, but uh, Paradox was referring to the, the newest... Um, push to cc at the very least um he wasn't talking about beyond that i think yeah all right well cool thanks spot for hanging out with me appreciate it it's good to go through these changes in a thorough way i know that you spent a lot of time earlier in the morning uh well my morning your afternoon just combing through everything going to the test center checking out the modules asking a bunch of questions i think you surfaced new information for people which is really great appreciate that it was very interesting um that the um, the sites for this this new event were briefly there, and I saw them for a couple of hours, and then suddenly they disappeared like magic. Yeah, very spooky. We were streaming them, so if you see that three-hour reaction stream, you'll see him. Uh, Spot is well. You'll see what we're showing is Spot in the some of the sites, and it was pretty cool, pretty intense. I think on Apocalypse, just get wrecked, and uh, and those are the things that disappeared mysteriously from the test center so yeah all right thanks man okay everybody thanks for hanging out with us uh, appreciate it we'll be back tomorrow i wanted to do uh, today i wanted to do a new breakdown of what the leaders are saying from the imperium and uh test legacy and pappy um, but we're going to look at the town hall from test we're going to look at the uh, fireside and try to decode what they were saying this was very popular Last Wednesday, when we uh, we did it, uh, that that episode was called Smasher Pass. Uh, so check that one out if you haven't seen it yet. It was a really good episode, but it was three hours long because we had a ton to go through. 
So this one will probably be shorter. We were going to do it today, but all this news came out. So we wanted to break this down for you instead. Tomorrow, we'll actually get to that. So we'll see you tomorrow around this time uh, when we go to see what the leaders in the war are actually saying when they're talking out loud. Until then, take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time on Talking In Stations.